fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It is the 30-something movie podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about something special. Think, mm-hmm. um, think it is something special. Think it is something special. Mm-hmm. Guess what it is? It's the specialist. Mm-hmm. Think it is something blue. Think it is mm-hmm. something blue. <laughs> I, has anyone done the how did this get made? I believe, actually, this movie was featured on how did this get made. This would not surprise I, me. Yeah. I just, I honestly want to know. I mean, yeah, I, it's a genuine curiosity. Inquiring minds. Indeed. Let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I would like an inquiry. Bo, not a Pat, formal inquiry. Like, well, no, not formal. It doesn't have to be. I mean, do we look formal? I, right? I don't think so. No. John, we're not starting the, we're not, we're not videoing this, are we? I, not currently, no. Okay. All right. Oh, God, is we, that a thing? Were you serious about that? We could. I don't I mean. I don't know. Do you want to be YouTube stars? How much work does that take? Well, I, my response was going to be, you're going to need to join another podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of, we kind of, we kind of uh, outmaneuvered that comment. I, you know, yeah. that, that was the, the Riker maneuver to get away from whether or not we're yes. going to become. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. How are you gents doing? Pat, how's it going? Great. I'm in week two of being in the 21st century as far as AV in my house and life is good. Welcome to the party. Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. I am so excited. I am so excited. So, so tell the people what movie series you bought. The Matrix. There you go. The Matrices. One fell swoop. Yeah. Does it have, does it have all four? Co- it has all four. Okay. It did not have the Animatrix, but I still have the Animatrix, okay. so that's good. I don't see I have my copy of that anymore. I don't know where that went. Oh. Like, I, I take very good care of all of my movies, and I'm not sure where that went. Huh. So, you well, lent it to some hoodlum. Maybe, but Pat's here, and he doesn't. he bought his own copy, so I don't know. I was going to say, well, let me see my, my copy. It's scratched out. It says property of Jay Reed. I don't know who oh, that was, okay. but well, that I'm be, yeah. some guy, <laughs> just some guy, yeah. just some guy. Okay. Well, but yeah, so we're, 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 about, we're excited. We're excited for you to, to be joining the 21st century with us. It is a fun place to be. And it's yeah. kind of reinvigorated my, my love for physical media and yeah. having, going out and rent, like planning ahead and saying, what am I going to watch this weekend? I'm going to pick it up from the library or I've got it in my library or as opposed to just sitting and channel flipping and then getting frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to help me get back on track with watching films and all that kind of thing. Yeah. While I've got the two of you here and all of our listeners, we can do it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do We'll do a quick little movie recommendation time. Uh, I was grabbing some movies from the local library to watch, uh, this last weekend, picked them up on Friday on my way home and I was grabbing a couple of DVDs, Blu-rays, and I happened to look over on the shelf and I saw a movie I'd never heard of before. And it had a flying saucer on the front of it. And it said, uh, you know, starring Ben Kingsley and Jane Curtin from, uh, old Saturday night live. And- Jane, oh. you ignorant slut. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? I've never even heard of this. And the movie is called Jules, like J-U-L-E-S, like Jules Verne, Jules. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it is E.T. 
if you replace the children with senior citizens. Which is oh. batteries not included. Uh, basically, but yeah. So basically it is the Ben Kingsley character. He is older. He lives alone. He's starting to show signs of dementia. And one night, in the middle of the night, a flying saucer crashes in his yard. And he cares for and befriends the alien that crawls out of it. And oh, the rest of the movie do. is them kind of just spending some time together while the alien repairs his ship. And yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's like an hour and a half. It was just a fun little movie. There are some hilarious moments in it too, but okay. I had not heard anything. I had never even heard of this movie. It came out last year, but yeah, it was, it was really good. We, Nora and Sharon and I watched it together. It's PG 13. Uh, okay. I think there's a, I think they drop a total of three F-bombs in it, so if you're watching it with family, you know, just be aware of that. But other than a little bit of language, I, the rest of it's totally fine. But Okay. Yeah. But, oh, it was, it was, there were some, definitely some hilarious moments in it. Awesome. What was weird for me, and maybe I just need to see more Ben Kingsley movies, I had never seen Ben Kingsley with hair. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah, that would kind of trip me out. His, he has a like that would full, be unsettling. Yeah, he has full wavy white locks in this movie. Wow, did he actually oh, have my. it, or did they wig him up? I wonder. I feel I didn't think he had hair, so I feel like maybe they wigged him up for this. But I they don't know. must have, because I I don't know that I've ever I've never seen him with hair at any yeah. other time. I mean, that it's not like we, we don't hang out. out we don't hang out on the weekends, but I've never seen like him with if hair. I saw I would. I would be double check. I'd be going to IMDb to make sure it was Ben Kingsley. Right, right. At that point, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Ah, you sure?" Yeah, yeah. It's it's his brother, Ron. Ron Kingsley. See, mm-hmm. yeah. this I would believe. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yes, we we did not come here to talk about uh, other movie recommendations. We came here to talk about, as I said before, something special: the specialist. So I think something will, special this way comes some. Yeah. So I think we're going to dive right on into this one. We are in the, we're, we're kind of, I guess this would be about halfway. Well, once we're done with this, it'll be halfway, halfway through Rowenge month, originally called <laughs> vengeance month because all of our movies run along that theme. But I decided Rowenge was just a lot funner, a lot more fun. So agreed. Yeah. So we're just going to bring, we're going to bring as much of the Rowenge as we can. This month in all of our stories. As as you do. As you should. Mm. So my apologies if that's not your type of movie, but you know, I think I think you'll enjoy this month because we got some good movies going on. And we have the specialist. Yeah, we so do. We have some good movies and we have the specialist. Not bearing the lead there at all. No. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Life's too short for that. Agreed. So this movie came out on October 7th, 1994, rated R, with a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes, directed by Luis Losa, who did Sniper and Anaconda. Writer was Alexandra Saros, who did Point of No Return and New Jack City. Jerry Weintraub was a producer, did Ocean's Eleven and The Karate Kid, the 2010 version. Composer was John Barry, who did Out of Africa and Dances with Wolves. Cinematographer was Jeffrey L. Kimball, who did Top Gun and Mission Impossible 2. Editors were Jack Hofstra and Conrad Buff IV. Uh, Hofstra did Tango and Cash and Geronimo, an American legend. Uh, Buff did Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and True Lies. Production companies were Warner Brothers and Iguana Productions. Uh, budget mm-hmm. was $45 million. Box office was $170.3 million, so it did make quite a bit of money. Uh, Flick Metrics uh-huh. gives it a 47%. Now, let's take that a step further. Did anybody see what Rotten Tomatoes gives it? Oh, not not that. I did not. Maybe a... Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 10%. That, I can believe that. So it's, you know, almost in the single digits for the Rotten Tomatoes. However, CinemaScore gave it a B-. So the folks who went to go see it, they apparently got what they went for. They went to go see a movie with James Woods, Sylvester Stallone, and Sharon Stone, and they walked out of the movie at least moderately happy. Yeah. No. Because they were walking out. Yeah, no, well, that, I'm sorry, that, 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 was, that may that also be true. Mean. That was, that was too mean. That was too mean. That was not. I think that was well played. No, and... I, I think it's, I think you're, you're on target there, my friend. I, I don't know. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, 
if you're going to get surveyed leaving the theater, that means you've left the theater right after Gloria Estefan was singing. So I, that's true. I mean, you're I'm in a good mood you, at least. That's probably when why. that I'm telling you, okay, here's me bearing the lead. I was a little confused with this movie. And then that tune came on. And my first thought was pretty good movie. Enjoyed the show. I can, uh-huh. I can watch this again. I'm telling so, you, it can. The power of song and especially doubt, song like man. that. And sung by a vocalist like that. I mean, mm-hmm. holy Moses. Yeah. Hello. There we go. There it is. So anyway, I'm I'm sure we'll play that I mean, a few more times as we yeah, go along. But I, she sings with just so much soul. I mean, oh, the yeah. way she phrases that is just so so amazing to listen to. It's just awesome. And man, that like all the bits of that of the band backing it up. It's just it's like energy. Yeah. It is like just pure energy. I yeah, I, man. I don't that's, listen that's to the real deal. Yeah. I don't listen to Gloria Estefan as much as some other things that I listened to growing up. I mean, still occasionally from time to time, but I mm-hmm. would thinking back, Gloria Estefan was probably played in our house as much as ZZ Top or David Bowie or Billy Joel. Well, and or for your house, other. some of those are, that's high praise. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we I mean, played a talking... lot of, yeah, my dad was a Stuff. huge, huge Gloria Estefan fan. So we we played a lot awesome. of her music growing up. So, yeah. Here we go. Actors in this one, characters in this one. Sly Stallone played Ray Quick. Bonus points to whoever tried to come up with the names for the characters in this movie because they're a little strange. Um, Ray Quick. Ray Quick. I just, I love Gotta that. I love it, man. Sure. It's, it's pretty awesome. Somebody was mad-libbing the names of the characters. Give me the name of a sea creature and an adjective. That's like, that's, that is like as cool as the, as what was it? McLovin? What was in <laughs> super? Was it super, super, super bad? Yeah, super, yeah. super bad. Super bad. Super bad. Yeah. McLovin. Yeah. <laughs> Ray so, quick. Sly Stallone was in Rocky and first blood. Sharon Stone was May Monroe. She was in basic instinct and casino. James Woods was Ned Trent because all your villains should be named Ned. There's another one. Mm-hmm. There's another one. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. It's it's a little <laughs> less intimidating when it's like Ned. What is it that you want? Ray Wenge. I, yeah. I'm just telling you, like this. The, I'm the actor, obviously incredibly talented, way more than me. I'm not in films and all that, but. I really think that this portrayal needed some sort of an award. Mm-hmm. I just I, did it I, get oh a Razzie. My, I'm trying to remember. I and I'm not saying a Razzie. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I just could not. Whenever that character was on screen, I could just like not look away. I mean, just him spazzing out when he figures out he's on the phone and he's like, "Stay quiet," and he couldn't stay yeah. quiet, and then he's just trashing the place. Yeah, and then. And then everyone's kind of looking at him like, what is this guy's deal? Yeah. And I, I just, it was, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going completely scattershot here. No, you're fine. That happens when I listen to Gloria Estefan. But okay. the point is when he was talking to Sharon Stone and he's kind of smacking her around and at the very end, she saw somebody gives her a little like pop right in the face there. And she, she kind of flinches back and she looks at him. The look he gives her, is the funniest thing. I don't know if it was supposed to be in there or if you normally edit that out, but if you go back and look at that, I don't know if you guys remember that scene, but look at it frame by frame. And then he freezes and he kind of looks at her and he kind of gives this little kind of look. I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know what that is supposed to convey, but it is in keeping with the character. So I, <laughs> I just, wow just go back and watch that scene and look at the scene he gives or the look that he gives her Yeah. right when he, he kind of, you know, he's beating her up and then he kind of slaps her in the face and Oh my goodness. Oh my, I, I have, I don't know, man. It, there's, it's, there's some trivia stuff that we'll get into that may come into play in terms of any looks that actors might've been giving each other during this. Okay. Well, I cannot wait. So 
In fact, I'm not waiting. I'm just talking too much. I'm, no, here's me fine. being quiet now. No, you're fine. You're fine. So James Woods was oh, the man. evil, evil Ned Trent. And he was in Videodrome and Casino. Rod Steiger was Joe Leone. He was in On the Waterfront and In the Heat of the Night. Eric Roberts was Tomas Leone. He was in Runaway Train and Best of the Best. Uh, John Enos III was Chick. He was in Bullet and The Rock. And Mario mm. Ernesto Sanchez was Charlie. He was in Reno and Transporter 2. So some trivia in this one. Uh, this is based on, there's a series of specialist novels by <laughs> author John Cutter. Either of you guys read any of the novels? Mm. No. Mm-mm. I think some of what they were banking off of here is the fact that you have Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone and yeah, let's just throw them in a movie together because mm-hmm. she just did Basic Instinct not that long ago. So that's going to be huge. That'll draw people in. And let's just let's pretend this is like another Basic Instinct, but with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that's how it felt. Yeah. 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 Despite the star power in this one, it did receive a few of the Golden Raspberry Razzie Awards, including Worst Picture. It, did, it was nominated for that. I'm not sure if it won anything, but it was at least nominated for some of those. It was a success. It did make over $170 million. Let's see. Stallone was very involved in the casting in this movie. He really wanted Rod Steiger to play in it. I think he kind of admired him from some of his previous roles. Now, some interesting stuff here, and this is where where it makes me a little sad about how it sounds like Sharon Stone might have been treated on this movie. Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah. I was really worried about this. Yeah, here it comes. And I'm going to tell you two different stories, and they involve both of the male co-stars. Oh, man. Am I going to have to take a – am I going to feel just unclean after hearing all this? I don't know if you'll feel unclean, but it's just – it makes sense as to why she has – especially more recently, she's really spoken up about, you know, women in film and Mm -hmm. women needing to – empower themselves and stick together and help each other and and all of that when you hear stories like this. So Mm -hmm. basically there, there is the shower scene that we get with Sly and Sharon Stone. And in that scene, basically here's, here's kind of a direct quote from Sylvester Stallone. He said, okay, let it be known. I didn't want to do this scene because Sharon was not cooperating. We get to the set and she decides not to take her robe off. The director asks that only a few of the crew remain, and she still won't take it off. I promised her I wouldn't take any liberties, so what's the problem? She said, I'm just sick of nudity. I asked her if she could get sick of it on someone else's film, and she was having none of it. So I went down to my trailer, brought back a bottle of Black Death vodka that was given to me by Michael Douglas, and after a half dozen shots, we were wet and wild. (laughs) Oh, boy. I mean, just to, to make the statement, okay, can you get sick of it on someone else's film? Like, that's not cool. Well, it does seem like that would be keeping in character, though. It does. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but it just kind of seems from other things it I've read. and feels like character. How about yeah. that? And, and, and I'm just going to say the whole thing is I just didn't understand what the problem was. Right. It, it's not up to you to understand. It's kind of mm-hmm. like if someone's not, oh. Right. Uh, you were you were in Basic Instinct. What's the problem now? Yeah, like that's kind of like the the attitude of well, we hired you because of you being in that movie, so do it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dance monkey that's dance. Just oh man. Yeah. That's not. That's just not. And I'm I'm gonna say that. What was the movie we did a couple of weeks ago where it just felt like why are these scenes in there? Was everybody on board with this? Do we all really? Was it Beverly Hills Cop? Or no, 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 no. It was it was the getaway. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, are we all? And even those scenes with the shower and all that kind of, I, I just, I'm just kind of, I was left with why, why is that in there? Yeah, you know. Yeah. The other scene apparently that set her off was there was a scene, and it was one of the scenes with her and James Woods, and. I don't recall exactly where it was, but it might have been one of the scenes you were talking about. There is a scene where he goes and kind of, he's supposed to have a gun in her face, and he actually kind Mm -hmm. of, he doesn't hit her with the gun, but he kind of shoves the barrel of the gun in her face and kind of like touches Mm -hmm. her face with it, and she apparently was having none of it. And so Mm -hmm. she, I guess, 
I guess she had told him before, don't get that close to me with that thing. Don't, don't, don't touch me in the face with that gun. Don't do this. Don't do that. And he completely ignored it, decided to just do his acting thing and, and mm-hmm. do it anyway. And so apparently that kind of set her off. And James Woods's response was, well, that made me never want to work with her again. But then we worked together again in, on Casino a few years later, and I guess it was all right. Yeah. Like, well, maybe in that situation you were kind of in the wrong, dude. Yeah. If somebody, it's if just, somebody tells you to back off, maybe back off. And that's the thing. It's like just completely shocked why, well, I don't even get why you're asking me to back off. Like, right. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh. And you know what? And I was, I was kind of, when I was referencing that scene, I was kind of making fun of the goofy look on his face. Yeah. But I realized now I'm talking about a scene that there's someone that was really, I, I feel bad that I was laughing at any part of that scene. Well, I, I think it's, there is a goofy look on his face, but, and I, and I can't say for certain that that's, the reason why he yeah. had that reaction or whatnot, but it just kind of sounds like there were a lot of stressful and or unhappy moments with regard to Sharon Stone and her co-stars. Yeah. So. Because she was being treated like yeah. pretty like garbage. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, and then the last trivia thing I've got on here, let me see, I'm going to, I'm going to word this a little differently than the way it was written yeah. here. Originally the director for this was going to be David Fincher. Sylvester Stallone really liked David Fincher's work, but the producers said no, because at this point, Fincher, he would get a career revival in a few years when he would do Seven, when he would direct the movie Seven. But at this point in time, he was in a little bit of a limbo because a lot of people just really misunderstood the movie that he did before he was to direct this one. As a lot of people do, a lot of people really misunderstand the movie that he did in 1992. And even as a director, sometimes when you win, you lose. And so like the fact that a lot of people really and still do misunderstand Alien 3, I don't know if it's entirely their fault. It might just be too much for I'm a lot of people. Even, I don't even know what to say. To this. I, I got nothing. It's, I got nothing. Why'd you, why'd you kill off all my favorite characters before the credits even rolled? That's what I'm wondering. Well, because they're not my favorite characters, so kill them all. Let God sort them out. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. So, okay. so we're going there. We're going yeah. there. That's how yeah. we're going to play it. All right. Down well, with that. Least, if you don't kill least. off all the major characters in the first two minutes or during the credits of the movie, what are the people who work in the morgue going to do? Are you trying to take away jobs from hardworking people? I am. I look at this. I'm a job destroyer. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm also going to say that I feel like after hearing that about what's his name that I can't even remember that was acting like a, a dweeb throughout. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of like weapons clear to roast this, the heck out of this movie because oh, they were being pretty chauvinistically just jerks to Sharon Stone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Hey, the dad. So jumping over now, the dad who played the dad, the old man crime boss guy, Rod Steiger. Yeah. Did anyone find his accent problematic? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, I was watching this and again, I'm just like, I am uncomfortable at mm-hmm. this point. And I just, just, is not good. There was something that I, I don't know in the back of my mind, I, I, my brain was channeling father Guido Sarducci from Saturday night live. Yeah. But uh, I can see why you might do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Can we rename this movie the problem? Problem because it's really problematic. Is there such a word as the problematicist? I think you would just you could probably it. make one. I, sure, it, let's make it, it up. And can I go on the record of, of as I was watching this? I have this Blu-ray player sitting in my house now, 4K with a four copy 4K copy of all four Matrix movies that had to sit there while I watched this thing. So uh-huh. I'm just saying. I'm a reasonable guy, but I'm faced with some very unreasonable times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do apologize for that. I mean, you have a lot of, you have a lot it's of options your, when you, when you, John, when you watch movies, you have a lot of options and you chose to fly with us today. And so we do, you know what, John, Hey, Hey, appreciate hey. your dedication. Part of the team, man. I'm it's, this is our job and you got to do your job, but I'm just saying, Sometimes I don't know. I was watching this sucks. movie and it's like, and you got to, you get sometimes you got a race car, John, and you're running in the red, right? And I'm a race car runner, and you don't want a race car running in the red. The guns of the Navarone. 
Mm. Superfly TNT. Superfly TNT, which is probably some of the, the triggering mechanisms that they used in this movie. I would think. A little Superfly TNT. Especially when the cars go flipping in really weird directions after being blown up. And what about so the, guy the people. And the people. people. It's just, that James yeah. Woods. Oh, my God. I was not expecting it. I he wanted gets blown what, 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 up, over, and then <laughs> back. And I get the whole point that he wired the whole place and blah, blah, blah. But good Lord, that dummy that they blew up bounced like rubber. <laughs> I, oh, I wanted man. I wanted I, two things. I wanted there to be pinball machine noises as he was bouncing around. Yes. That would be pretty good. And or that this was some crazy elaborate Rube Goldberg machine that Sylvester Stallone's character had set up. Ooh. Then he flips him around a few more times. Then he like hits a switch somewhere and something else blows up. And then a, a bowling ball rolls down a ramp and hits something. And then it, mm-hmm. I don't know, it plays something by Mozart. And I, I don't know. It just, I, I, I was hoping I for like more. This. But yeah. The Rube Goldberg assists. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to keep coming up with titles, but that's all I have trivia wise. I don't know if you fine illustrious gentlemen had anything yourselves. No, I'm still angry about your first point. Okay, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. It wasn't your sorry. fault. My just... first my first point was that the movie was based on the specialist series of novels by John Cutter. That's the one that made you upset? Okay, maybe your other first point. Okay. Whatever first point <laughs> talked about the way Sharon still... The other, other first the point, other... John. Come on. Uh-huh. Ah, first point, the sequel. Yeah. The, the first point that you listened to. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. What were you saying again? Yeah, ah, still... ah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> The specialist. Quick synopsis, then we will give you some, we'll do the trailer for you and we'll give you some major moments. In a city primed to explode with danger, master bomb technician Ray Quick ignites his most explosive mission yet. Teaming up with the dynamite May Monroe, they fuse their skills to detonate a plan against the ruthless Ned Trent and the crime boss Joe Leone. In a world where treachery is the ticking norm, Ray must defuse a labyrinth of booby traps and deceit. The specialist, where every move could spark the ultimate blast. Word is, you're the best. If we could just meet. I don't meet, I don't work in Miami, and I don't do jobs like this. Every day is worse. Remembering what happened. For 20 years, she has carried a vendetta waste them against an untouchable criminal empire the only thing i understand anymore is revenge you'll only get one of them that's why i need you her only hope is a man known as the specialist his identity is unknown an explosives expert he uses his skills to punish those the law cannot reach your specialist name is ray quick He's ex-covert ops. Worked with me, in fact, years ago. You deserve better. This guy is good, Joe. He could put a bomb in your crab shell. You wouldn't even know it. You think the killing is going to make everything all right? Something has to. Nice one, Ray! Now, come on out. I want my son to be protected 24 hours a day. You like to look dangerous. Oh, boy. A little danger never killed anybody. Right, baby? Come on, talk to me. Pull the trigger on a lot of people now. Maybe they're coming back to haunt you. Is that it, Ned? Simon, come on! You got no mercy. And you got no code. I'm right behind you, and I'm gonna close your heart in my hand. Stallone Stone. Uh huh. The specialist. <laughs> some of the some of the music in the trailer to me sounded like some of the overly dramatic music in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I know sometimes we wait a little bit to talk about the music, but I'm going to talk about some of it right now. This movie, to me, a lot of a lot of it musically, and I think because because of it being John Barry, it really did sound like a knockoff 007 movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, not to bash John Barry cause he's done a lot of amazing things, but there were just, there were a lot of moments that it was like, this feels like it's trying to be James Bond and it's not, but it's trying to be. Well, and, it, and it's it, not it, a lot of it. A lot of it just didn't seem to necessarily match what was going on. Right. You know, and I got to be honest, and this might be getting into the deeper thoughts, but like when he was building the bomb, the music was super suspenseful and tense and almost not like, man, this is going to be awesome, but it was kind of setting you up for like, like someone that was suffering or some kind of a, an innate sadness to it. And it was like, I don't think this matches for what the nature of this movie is supposed to be. And I mean, even, even this, this, story the screenplay itself it just it was weird how little suspense it really kind of created anyways yeah the, you know there wasn't like do you remember the music in commando yeah right yeah, uh-huh. like it always said that it had this kind of constant rhythm going this beat there's an adventure there's some kind of action going on it's pretty yeah, sweet this steel one, drums yeah yeah and the steel <laughs> drums that, that i remember talking about like saying i don't know why this fits or how this fits but that was with this with this soundtrack it just it just didn't seem to match with what we were watching on screen mm-hmm. or the feel that, that it seemed like the, the filmmakers wanted us to get while watching it on screen. Yeah. All right, let's go through some major moments and then we'll talk a little. I think we have uh, quite a few deep thoughts about this one, so we'll, we'll get into it, but uh, major moments wise, these are 10 moments that we've kind of summed up the movie in these 10 moments to help you if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it recently we always recommend you go watch the movie and then come on back you can just pause this and come on back after you've seen it but if you don't want to you want us to just kind of give you a quick reminder of what it is here we go so we start off i believe it's supposed to be 1984 at the beginning of the movie as there's a mission to south america ray quick and ned trent cia explosives experts they are clashing over a mission involving a south american drug dealer which ultimately results in a child's death and Ray savagely beating Ned before resigning. Years later, Ray is working as a freelance hitman in Miami, specializing in precise explosions and living with his cat named Timer. Ray meets May Monroe, so Ray meets May. That won't get confusing if we try to say that Never too fast. Not at, all. Uh, Not at all. Ray contacts May for a job, intrigued by her. St- See, first of all, you've got Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone, and then Ray and May. This is, I don't know, it's its going to be, I'm glad I haven't had a scotch to drink tonight, because otherwise I'll get completely tongue-tied. Mm-hmm. More so than usual. Ray is contacted by May for a job. He is intrigued by her story and her looks, and he follows her and learns about her parents' murder by Tomas Leon and his men. May infiltrates Tomas's world, while Ned now working for Joe Leone, Tomas's father, teams up with May to lure Ray out of hiding for revenge. Uh, Ray sets a trap for Tomas, resulting in an explosion that seems to kill both Tomas and May. Despite believing May is dead, Ray realizes she is still alive and setting traps through online messages, leading to a confrontation, confrontational meeting. When I say online there, what I mean is the newspaper. <laughs> right, right. You know, by online, I mean in print. Uh, Ray and May reunite at Adrian Hastings' funeral, leading to a passionate encounter in a hotel room, thankfully not at the funeral, uh, which Ray rigs to explode, targeting Ned's henchmen. May is captured by Joe Leone, but she warns Ray of uh, another trap during a phone call, leading to an explosive escape from a seafood restaurant, uh, which, depending on how good the food is, I feel like several people might have had an explosive escape from a seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. In a climactic confrontation at Ray's booby-trapped warehouse, Ned and his police force surround Ray and May, but Ned is killed by stepping on a bomb. And then, da-ding-ding, da-ding-ding, pinball machined around the room, as he is. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Joe Leon receives a bomb disguised as a necklace, resulting in his death. Ray and May, now free from their pasts, drive off and start a new life together. And those are your ten major moments. Can I ask a question? I did ask not away. see, I did not see anything where they got like connected, how they connected and linked up to do this. In fact, I was so confused by the voiceover conversation thing going on. Sometimes when I watch something on Plex on my phone, yeah. 
there's a couple of movies that we've gotten where the the sound doesn't line up with the video. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I asked you about that and you were like, yeah, that I couldn't figure out what was going on, but there'd be a movie and I'd be like, and I, and, and I'm like, Oh wow. I'm hearing all the voice, but then the action is separate. And I thought it was some weird avant-garde technique. And I like watched half hour of the movie before I realized, Oh no, it's just out of sync. And it's happened a couple of two or three times on this one. The same thing happened. I'm hearing these voiceovers and I'm not sure what, how did that fit in? Was that a previous conversation, an old conversation? How did they know each other? I, like uh, there was seemed to be a lot of stuff that just wasn't explained and, and maybe just because well, I'm an and, idiot, but I, I don't know. No, 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 no. And, and please don't confuse anything in this movie with avant-garde. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah, no. I, he put an ad in the classifieds in the paper? I don't know. Yeah, like I don't remember yeah. that ever, how they got connected. I, I just, I don't remember. Maybe there's a, I don't know, maybe there's like a Yellow Pages under Hitman or Bomb Expert or. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. What's the official name for a bomb expert? That's not a, that's not a bombardier. That's like Explosives an old. Explosives yeah. expert? Bombardier was like people that would throw grenades, wasn't it? Well, well the weren't they the guys who would drop the bombs the, on the planes? Yeah, they would pull the lever on the big, well, the, like yeah, the, the Enola Gate. Like those guys were bombardiers. Right? Well, the airplane ones, yeah, but weren't there like ground bombardiers? I don't think so. I think I think those were called grenadiers. Thing. Oh, grenadiers. Maybe that's what. It, yeah, because yeah, you can't you can't have a Shirley Temple without a grenadier, right? Bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get the words right eventually. It's time for some deep thoughts. And now, Deep Thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's very deep. Thank you. So, I already knew at the beginning of this movie that things were going to be, I don't know, a little weird. Because this whole setup of, yeah, we're going to blow up this drug lord and... Then he has to run onto the bridge because he realizes that the drug lord's family is with him in the car. And it seemed like for something that was set to blow and how far away they were, I I really didn't think he was going to be able to get there in time. (laughs) There there seemed like a a bit of a a time stretch there. And then I felt like if he's on the bridge while it blows, it's probably going to kill him too. And Mm -hmm. then the magical flipping of the car in weird directions, that was always fun, but... Yeah, there are moments in this movie where a, somebody sets a bomb, and that's the thing, I don't know, I forget which one of you said it when we kind of first started, maybe we weren't even recording yet, but part of it was, what a weird profession to give your both hero and villain as bomb experts. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're going to face off against each other, like nearly face-to-face, you're not going to use a bomb. Yeah. I mean, I know he hates knives, but. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was super, super excited to see a reenactment of the bus scene from Star Trek Four take place. I had the same <laughs> thought. I had the same thought. Mm-hmm. That taken. Just where is our future? The things we've done it's ahead. Let's just push the button. We'd be better off dead. Because I hate you. And I'd be brain you. I believe it's a vacancy. Sylvester, I noticed your language has changed since we've gotten here. It's full of a lot of colorful metaphors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the Giants. The Giants. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't deep yeah. thoughts. I, so I was confused. I was confused by that. Like the, vo- the weird voiceover thing. Yes. I didn't know how, I didn't know how they linked up. I didn't know, like when he's on the phone, was it going to be a big reveal? Oh no, Ray quicks back on the job. Uh-huh. But then it was like, no, he was not surprised at all that that was Ray quick 
right? So like none of that really seemed to gel. And then all the the bombings and everything, there was no mission or challenge or what do you call it? Suspense. Okay. He's got to get in and plant this bomb and is it going to work or is he going to get caught? And there's some kind of a task he has to do. And then on the same token, it wasn't like, oh man, you know, once the elevator gets to floor one, the, the bomb will go off. Or once the car gets to a certain speed, the bomb arms, there wasn't any of that. Like you, you kind of just knew that he was going to get him, And that was that. And then I guess that was because that was the first half of the movie. And then the second half was them dealing with that, that knucklehead that was the, the his former partner. Yeah. But there just was no suspense or ebb and flow in the movie. Like I, I felt when he was launching those bombs, there was nothing. I, when the Sharon Stone character we thought was dead, but it really wasn't, it wasn't that it was that other person. I was already so confused with which way everything was going. I, I wasn't surprised that she was still alive. And I, I don't know. It just, it yeah, well, she was, she was feeling much better. Whoa. Yeah. She got yeah. better. Yeah, she feels right. happy now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel happy. I feel happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, and it just, the, the tone, the, the tone of this movie was so weird. Like the, the yeah. phone, like the phone conversations mixed in with, I think this was supposed to be an action movie. You know, it being a family friendly podcast, I'm just going to say when we cut into like some of the phone conversations, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. picturing that the conversation should start something like this. Did somebody order a pizza? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it was a little, I don't know. It was weird. Tonally, it was all over the place. A lot of, I don't know, just a lot of the story stuff. There were plenty of moments where I had to kind of like pause the movie and be like, all right, hold on a second now. What just happened? Yeah. Like, where? how did we get here? Yeah. And when did, hmm. So if it's like, as children, as children, did you gentlemen ever participate in a coloring book or maybe a, a, a paper menu at a restaurant uh, where the kids' meal was on it? And maybe it had yep. an activity called Connect the Dots? Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Okay. And then in Connect the Dots, you tend to go from one to two to three, sometimes on to four, and then so mm-hmm. on and so on. And yeah. Yeah. No, this movie, I feel like somebody took a Connect the Dots page and just did a Jackson Pollock all over it. There you go. Yeah. Because there was so much that did not make sense to me. Some of the scenes, fun action scenes. Like, I, I will give it a Sylvester Stallone movie. I will give it there were some fun action scenes. But for the most part, I spent a lot of this movie being really confused. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, a lot of leaps too. and... yeah. You're like, wait, what's happening right now? And and decent performances like James Wood. And I don't typically just because of some of his own personal stuff. I don't I don't tend to care for James Wood very much. But in terms of his performance, yeah, I mean, over the top kind of crazy stuff. But it was fun. Like he did play right. a fun villain in this. So there were moments and there were aspects of this movie that made me want to enjoy it. It made me want to treat this as one of those. Fine, I'll turn my brain off and I'll still be able to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But there were just certain parts that I I. I was trying to turn my brain off and my brain kept going, no, no, you need me. You're, you're going to need me yeah. here because this is going to be kind of hard to make sure you're keeping track of, or, or there's going to be some logical leaps. You want to keep me turned at least a little bit on. You can keep me on the low setting, but. Oh, you got to be on low. That's uh, for sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Given this, before we go into any further deep thoughts, Patrick, I, I know as educators, there's something that we sometimes do called a brain break for students. Yeah. Yeah. I, would you mind if I do a brain break for you real quick? Do me a brain break. Okay. Okay. All right. Continue. That's much better. Any, yep, there That's you go. much better. Sometimes you just have to a little palate cleanser and then you can continue on and. Right. Okay. Let me know if you, the folks at home can't see you, but if you need to like, give me a thumbs up and let me know that you need another, you know, Gloria break. Another brain break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm also going to tell you that I don't get why the romance scenes were there. 
but I kind of do get why they were there. Uh-huh. And that's just problematic and unfortunate and, and slimy all on its own level. But it's like, it didn't advance the plot. Like I don't get why or what they were trying to convey with that, uh-huh. with that relationship. Like I didn't see where it came from. I don't, I don't get any of that. Like sitting around with no clothes on having a conversation. Like I, that just, yeah, it, that was, that I mean, really kind of took me out of. I do that all the time, but I, you know. Right, right, right. You do, mm-hmm. but you know, but you're doing that of your own free will. And I just usually yeah. don't get the, I don't get the impression that maybe, you know, all the actresses got a chance to do that of their own free will. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, there was. Can, can I wait again? I, I would like to make a weird tangential comment that is somewhat related. Make one, make one. And this is going to sound it's going to sound strange. Typically, when we talk about movies of this kind and sometimes scenes of the kind we are discussing, I feel mm-hmm. like the typical response would be to comment on the the appearance of the, the female actor, the actress mm-hmm. in this situation. The comment I would like to make is, I don't think Sylvester Stallone should be in love scenes. Yeah, there's an I think uncomfortable, that's fair. There's an uncomfortable amount of musculature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say it's just just okay. I, you look at the man's back and it make it just it's painful there's so many muscles it just is painful and i and yes i, I don't know it's not necessary so many muscles yes. i just can't and oh can, lord can i just can we talk about a good movie for like two seconds yeah go for it naked gun and i know they yeah. did it in 33 and a third they might have been but when they show when whenever it's Leslie Nielsen, they always whenever he does a scene like that, it's real subtle. But there's always a camera shot, and it's always his torso looks ripped. It looks like yes. Arnold, or it looks mm-hmm. like Sly Stallone. Yeah. And I didn't mention that when we did that movie, but oh my gosh, that's funny. When and and they don't even make a big deal out of it. If you blink, you'll miss it. But if you see it, it's mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. We can go back to talking about this now. So anyway, that's that was my kind of weird tangential comment there. Anyway, other thoughts before we get into three questions, other thoughts on on the movie itself. And again, it just I don't know. It was it was weird. It I wanted it to be a fun action movie that I could turn my brain off. And it just there was too many weird things. It was too much. I, I mean, the whole movie takes place in Miami, and that seems to be where Ray Quick is living right now. And yet that line that you heard in the trailer was, oh, yo, I've got like three rules. I don't meet, I don't work in Miami, and I don't do jobs like this. Well, but does he not work in Miami because that's where he lives? I don't know, maybe. But again, how did that, I still, we didn't get the whole hiring thing. We don't, yeah. was was the James Wood character surprised that he was there or not? Or did he know? Yeah. It's yeah, almost I mean, like they, they, spent, they pulled stuff out of order. They could have spent, 10 minutes like show because for a few minutes you're not sure who she's double crossing mm-hmm. but the whole then, you can't trust me how did how did that yeah. fit in when all of a sudden he's trusting her again like uh-huh. i is there a is there like a dark web like craigslist where you can find people like this i would assume the rumor. i would assume there is I'm sure yeah. i'm sure okay all right yeah, I was trying to come up with it. Like it's it's pre-internet, so I'm like, how did she find him? How does she? Oh, that's the other thing too. If he's because I think they even say it in the trailer. Well, the voiceover says it. It's like his identity is unknown. No, actually, towards the end, they actually have that newspaper article where it says explicitly Ned Trent, May Monroe, and Ray Quick are killed. Right. Like in the headline, yeah. it actually says all three of their names. Like identity known, friends. He's not a very good covert ops guy since everybody see the newspaper seems to know his name the next day when they're printing the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, that's so. I don't know. Is this movie a good example of Rewenge? Oh, there's Rewenge all up in this guy. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Everybody's getting revenge on somebody and to the point where I'm not even sure they know. Yeah. Who's who's Rewengeing who? Exactly. It's yeah. Rewenge all over the place. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's before this, the whole thing explodes. I think it's time for three questions. Yes. Okay. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I did forget to mention, we, we did our, our little Gloria Estefan brain break there a moment ago. I did forget to mention while we were recording that the first thought I had, and again, grew up listening to Gloria Estefan, so knew the song is immediate, immediately as it hit at the end of the movie. Pat, to your point, it is as good of a drop as, I wish the rest of the movie had been better, but as good as a drop as when you get Blue Moon right at the end of uh, American Werewolf in London. Um, I will say my father would have been ashamed of me because the first thing I think of when I hear that music is not the Gloria Estefan song that they are actually playing, but the clip mm -hmm. from one of the, was it the Blue Harvest <laughs> Family Guy special? Loke, turn the ship around. I know where Loke is. What are you, out of your mind? What about those fighters? I said turn us around. Turn the ship around. Leia knows where Is that him? So that was my first thought. But That's outstanding. It's good stuff. Anytime anytime you can get a Star Wars reference and a Gloria Estefan reference in Family Guy, it's a good time. Yes, so. of course. Question number one. What is the best use of a bomb or explosive in a movie? <laughs> that was a maniacal laugh. Because it, it's one of my favorite scenes. Did you plant a bomb in the podcast, Bo? <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes overall. Like, it's one of those scenes that just, it's two, two actors chewing at the scenery. And I love this scene. It's in Lethal Weapon 2. Okay. Danny Glover is stuck on the toilet because a bomb's about to go uh. off. And the whole thing, the, the 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 two of them going back and forth. I don't want to die in the toilet rigs. Like just the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The the best, yeah, best use of a bomb right there. Nice. Didn't didn't do a whole lot of damage considering, but just the scene itself. Yeah, everything about that scene does it. If you want biggest explosion, I could go a whole different way. But but no, best use of a bomb right there. So, best use of a bomb. And I and I was thinking about best explosions in a movie. I mean, also good. I think it's a very open-ended question. I love it. I think some of the best explosions are in the enemy below with the depth charging scenes. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, when I the friendly fire podcast really broke this down and got me thinking about it, but it was basically like when they filmed that Navy movie, the U.S. Navy gave them a surplus destroyer escort that they just could sail around the ocean. And I think they were dropping real depth charges set to explode probably at a very shallow depth. But I mean, those cascades of water just shooting up in the sky. I mean, that was, that was something that was something pretty epic. Yeah. Good call. Most, most, I would say that. And then I've got some honorable mentions, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to steal anyone's, I don't want to steal any thunder, but I'll say that, yeah, the enemy below that was, that was some pretty incredible visuals. Nice. Yeah, I, I have a whole list. So I will, I'll give my favorite and then, yeah, I'll give my favorite and then we can run through any honorable mentions we've got because I've, I've got quite a mm -hmm. few. And this was kind of a tough one for me. Like I was trying to figure out what is my favorite. If I think of movies that feature bombs, like what's the first one that comes to mind without thinking too much about it? You know, what, there doesn't have to be an explosion, but like the scenes where the bomb features, I think... 
My family's going to be shocked that I'm not going to say Speed as my favorite one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Die Hard with a Vengeance. Solid. Mm. Just all mm-hmm. the all the little puzzles, all the mm-hmm. stuff, all that. I think I'm going to I'm going to go with that one because that is it's got a lot of fun, a lot of fun bomb play. So, all right. What about what about some of those honorable mentions? Because I've got a I got a whole list here. Oh, you got anything? Oh gosh, a lot of James Bond stuff comes to mind. Like mm-hmm. when they blow up the Spectre base, is huge. Napalm and Apocalypse Now, not really a bomb, but yeah. just an ex- just that sheer explosion. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff like that. Nothing. I do. I have to the to to Pat's point of the depth charges. The fast attack Russian sub going up and hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. just because of the they the way they show the the way they show the the surface going just yeah. the whole stuff like that always comes to mind when you talk about Superman. Let's see which one is it? Superman two, Superman two, the beginning. Not not in the I think it was different in the Richard Donner cut. Superman two, where Lois Lane is on the Eiffel Tower and there's the terrorists. And they've got the bomb strapped to the bottom of the elevator that's going up and down yep. the Eiffel Tower. Like that whole scene, mm-hmm. I as a kid, I love that scene. And that whole scene, I think, is because these terrorists have a hydrogen bomb and they're going to blow up Paris with it. And I believe that whole scene, when Superman shows up and rescues her, he throws the elevator into space. And when it explodes, I believe that's what frees the, the Zod and Ursa and Nod mm-hmm. from their... Phantom Zone. Kneel before Zod. Kneel before Zod. Welcome to Planet Houston. <laughs> Zod. Gotta you, love him. Are you the ruler of Planet Houston? You mean Planet Earth? There's that. There is, uh, said, there's speed. The I love that you mentioned James Bond. I love the bomb-diffusing scene on the... Is it on the submarine in The Spy Who Loved Me? I think there's a whole diffusing scene on the submarine there. If you want to go the Genesis device as a bomb, sure, you could take that one. My other favorite one, and and related to other great Batman movies that feature bombs, is the one that features this line. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. There it is. Which is, uh, that whole scene is hilarious because he's running around the dock and doesn't want to hit the marching band, the nuns, the ducks, the women with strollers. The, just the, the cornucopia of extras that happen to be on that dock all at the same time. So It is it is a thing. Yeah. All right, question number two. Pay phones get used a lot in this movie. Do you remember the last time you used a pay phone? And bonus points, when was the last time you used a phone booth? Before we do question two, I got one more honorable mention. Oh, yeah, yeah, go for and it. And this one... This one pulls at the heartstrings, and it's when they blow up the Enterprise and um, search for Spock. Yeah. I mean, that is like, I mean, the first of all, the whole scene when they're like, oh, man, they're going to blow the ship up. Holy yeah. buckets. And then they got to enter the code. And just, I mean, that that gorgeous James Horner score where they with those very plaintive strings playing, and they start entering the codes. And, you know, the looks on on uh, Scotty and Chekhov's face when Kirk's going through the whole thing. And, you know, it just builds it up. And then when that thing finally lets go, it really, they really stretch that out. It's, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, he just blew up the ship, you know? So I, I think that one, that one definitely pulled at the heartstrings. So anyways, question two, but that was my one more honorable mention. All right. Yeah. Question number two. So pay phones. Do you remember the last time you used a pay phone and then bonus points, which we don't keep track of points, so it doesn't really matter. When was the last time you used a phone booth? So pay phone, the last time I probably used one. God, it might've been high school. Okay. At the school, probably. Yeah. You used to have the pay phones out front. If you could you need to right. call your parents before everybody had cell phones. Phone booth, though, I got a funny story about that. A few years earlier, I might have been a freshman or a sophomore, might even have been in eighth grade. I used a phone booth at a restaurant because we were in Colorado and I was calling home because I was out with my grandma and my 
ant. And I thought it was the coolest thing to use a phone booth, but I used the cell phone sitting in the phone booth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because it was there like it one is. of those cool phone booths in a restaurant. Yeah, so it yeah, was yeah. like. It was a nice wooden seat. I was going like, say, it's like the wooden, and... is it like the wooden doors and the, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Patrick, what about you? I've been racking my brain. I don't remember the last time I used a, a, a pay phone. It, it must've been in college sometime. Yeah. I honestly, I don't remember that. And especially not a, like a phone booth. Yeah. It, I, wow. I just, I just don't remember. I really, I don't remember those times. Uh, yeah, tr- I, I'm I trying wish to I remember. Had well, and I'm trying to remember the 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 payphone one probably was the same as Bo. It was probably at the high school because if you were waiting for your parents to pick you up, nobody had cell phones at that point. And I always remember we had a special code, and it was I'm not going to keep any change on me, but I'm going to use the one eight hundred collect. Yes, and, and yes. If, and if I say if I say it's me, then that meant come pick me up. If I say my full name, if I say John Reed, then that means answer the phone. I have to talk to you. So that was always the, that was always the trick was that you call 1-800-COLLECT. You have a collect call from, it's me. Would you like to accept the charge? No. Trust me. We're going to call somebody that says it's me. I'm not answering that. You kidding me? No. Well, I'm just going to say you were much more advanced with the code. We always had that you accept the collect call from, is Patrick come back to you in school? Yeah. 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 Then they used to have those commercials. Going that, to my friend's house. They used to have that commercial that was, would you like to accept a collective call from Bob? We got a baby. It's a boy. Yeah, and, then, and, then, yeah. and then they hang up the call and is, who was it? It's Bob. They had a baby. It's a boy. It's a boy. Oh <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Payphone. I don't know. Like the last time I was in a payphone was to take a photo in the payphone because there was a food truck. There was a payphone. This is a payphone. <laughs> There's a food truck in Springfield, Missouri that serves British food. And the guy who owns it is from England, and he somehow brought over a double-decker bus, which is where you could, it's parked right next to his food truck, and that's where you can sit in the bus and eat. So it's like a real bright red London double-decker bus. And it's also, he's also got one of the bright red London, you know, phone booth boxes. And it's there, just people want to take, take pictures in it, you take pictures in it. So that's the last time I was in one, the last time I had actually used a phone booth. I have no clue. I know I, in fact, I don't know if I ever used a phone booth, like the actual booth where the door closes behind you and everything else. If I did, it was probably just to be a nerd and pretend I was Clark Kent. But to actually make a phone call, I don't, I don't know. So there's that. Question number three, what is your favorite movie that takes place in Miami? whole thing set or has a scene in you can do has a scene in yeah here if you need to think about that for a second pat okay go ahead got a ton of honorable mentions but i mean the number one is going to be casino royale yeah yeah that was i think that was on my list too I was trying to, I had, I had a whole list going, you know what, what do you actually, got, John? what do you got? Actually, you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go because Casino Royale, that, that one is excellent. There were a lot of other options that I had pulled up, but I'm going to go with one because as a kid, I loved this movie and Miami in several different ways features so prominently in it. I'm going to go Ace Ventura. Oh, excellent good choice. One. Excellent choice. Laces out, Dan. Laces out, Dan. <laughs> Good one. My esteemed colleague, Mr. Marino. Marino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to think of something that showed Miami. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of stuff like Any Given Sunday, yep. Too Fast, Too Furious, just because they would show those, mm. that Miami Vista, you know. Yeah, Scarface. That was actually the yeah. one on the list. The Birdcage, The Bodyguard. Oh, yeah. And I, I will always love you. Somebody call the ambulance. Pat needs help. Yes, bad right, boys. Yeah, yeah, bad boys. Is you good. know, that's another one. They did a lot of those sweeping exteriors of Miami and yeah. stuff. I mean, so I, mean, I don't know. If I had to pick one, maybe the original bad boys. 
Yeah. All right. What you going to do? Not much. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent choices. All right. I'm trying to think if there was yeah, anything any, else. Any other honorable um, mentions? I thought there was. I thought there was one that I just. Oh, get shorty. That was the other one I was going to mention. Oh, oh very yeah. nice. That's a good one. All excellent choices. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, ladies and gents. I'm going to. I know typically we would have we would have our music playing in the background, but I feel like mm-hmm. we, we need to give Gloria a little bit more space to breathe here. So, oh uh, my gosh, we'll just, uh, yeah. Well, we got we got her in there. There we go. Watching uh, this movie, just take an hour and a half and listen to this tune. Yeah, everything would be better that way. Absolutely. Skip the movie. Listen to the soundtrack. Oh, man. And right there, right, I just talked over, but right when she's talking about the singing about the flute, the yeah. way she sings that next line and she starts way up high. Yeah. Mm, I, I'm just going to say, I mean, like, I could just fall in love with her voice. I just, oh my, oh my word. Heart palpitations right now. You know what I'm saying? Dang. Dang. Let's, let's, let's pause for a moment for Pat. All right. Uh, we are the 30-something movie podcast. You can find us on 30podcast.com, at 30podcast on social media. Uh, you can leave a voicemail for us there if you want to tell us about movies that we have covered that you enjoy or if we said something while covering one of these movies and you thought that we were completely right or completely wrong, feel free to leave us a message and let us know because we'd love to hear from you. Our next episodes as part of Rewenge or Vengeance Month, our Patreon episodes, if you're joining us over there, you get access to our Patreon episode, Revenge of the Nerds, from 1984. Nerds! And then we've got the Razzie Worst film, Color of Night, from 1994, is our Patreon short this month. This month, we last week we did The Crow. This week was The Specialist. Next week is Pulp Fiction. Lion King comes after that one. And uh, Pat, I, I almost want to... I want to see if I can create a sound drop just for you. Whenever we make any comments about Pat's falling asleep or Pat fell asleep in a mm-hmm. movie, I want to make a little mm-hmm. sound drop where anytime we mention that, I just want to have the, the sound drop go, well, I guess you better go then wake him up then, don't you? <laughs> That'd be good, man. That'd be good. Bring out the Pat. Pat's sleeping. Bring out the Pat. <laughs> hey, final final thought I am truly to our listening audience. I am sorry I laughed at that scene that involved with when that when he was hitting Sharon Stone, especially here and how she was treated and all that kind of stuff. I, I doesn't make it right. I, I sincerely was laughing at that knucklehead that was playing the other guy, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just oh, yeah. super yeah. cringe, especially when you were explaining it. So yeah. no excuses that that wasn't right. That's all right. You, you didn't know at the time you did not know. Yeah, I know, so. but God bless yeah. it. Just, just, that's just sick. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Just everybody, everybody be cool. Just be cool. Yeah. Be cool, man. Cool, man. And then March is our What Evil Lurks in the Hearts of Men month. I don't know, but mm. The Shadow knows. And we'll start off the month with The Shadow. And then we've got Clear and Present Danger, Natural Born Killers, and The Shawshank Redemption, with our Patreon Ooh. episodes being Rear Window from 1954 and the Patreon short Felide from 1994. So, got some good stuff coming up in the month of February and the month of March. So we are so happy to have had you here with us. We're looking forward to having you back again. Um, thank you, Bo. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Turn that beat around, and we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>